changing ways. We don't have to be the version of ourselves today who can and will lose 150 pounds. We're the version of ourselves who can win the moment we're in. That's it. She's the host of podcast Primal Potential. She's the author of Chasing Cupcakes. My next guest, Elizabeth Benton on Self Talk Radio Show. Brought to you by Pure Energy Apothecary, people and planet friendly skincare. Find them at Bed Bath and Beyond or online at pureenergybody.com. Welcome to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My next guest, if you have felt stuck, if you feel like you're missing out on life, constantly asking, what's wrong with me? Well, you are going to really soak up everything my next guest is saying. She's the author of Chasing Cupcakes, founder of Primal Potential, fueling her deepest struggles into a burning passion to help people create transformations and live more fulfilled lives. Please welcome Elizabeth Benton to Self Talk Radio Show. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Well, I am thrilled to have you on. You've written the book Chasing Cupcakes. What inspired you to write that book? Pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the short version. I mean, I struggled with my weight my whole life and not like a vanity 20 pounds kind of struggle. I was categorized as obese basically from day one, like out of the womb, exceeding the growth charts, got heavier. And what started as a weight issue became a real serious internal mindset, self-worth, shame issue. Mm. And I got heavier and heavier But I started avoiding everything in my life. I was avoiding my finances. I was avoiding my relationships. I was avoiding my health. And I was tackling the problems from the wrong perspective. I was thinking that change happened from the outside in. And so I was working so hard. And and like you said in the intro, wondering what's wrong with me? Like Mm. I want to change so badly, but why am I continuing to make these choices that keep me from it? And when I finally realized that I was approaching it wrong, I knew that I had to help other people who were deep in the same struggle, robbing themselves of a life that they love. Now, you know, you say that you you want to help other people, but you really had to help yourself first. What was that turning point for you? Have you said, okay, you know, this isn't working. What what was the, the trigger for you where you said, oh, that's what it is? I wish it could be summed up as like a moment because that would make for like great podcasts, it would make for a great book, (laughs) but it wasn't quite that simple. I think it was a very long, painful evolution to a turning point that was like a series of thousands of turning points that still continue now. But if I had to really summarize it, first... I was doing the same thing over and over again, but I was telling myself it was different. So just looking at the weight loss side of things, new strict diet, new strict plans, somebody else's rules. But I was telling myself it was a different approach because it was a different diet, but the Mm. approach was the same. From the outside in, follow the rules, plan to follow them for a long time, break the rules, get upset, start over. And I realized, okay, pattern wise, this one doesn't work. That was part one. Part two was I had this deep-seated belief that the issue, the problem, was that I just wasn't motivated, was that there was something about my willpower, my discipline that was just lacking. I couldn't get there because I wasn't disciplined or motivated or have enough willpower. 
But the cracks started to really become clear in that story when I was asking myself, well, why am I so good at my job? Why am I showing so much discipline in my career, so much motivation in my career? It can't be true that I just don't have it because I'm displaying it over here. But in this area that matters more to me, and at that time it was really my health, why am I not doing it? And I started to realize, well, if I told myself every day for decades, I suck at my job, I'm super lazy, I'm never there on time, I have one good day and four bad days, I wouldn't have been good at my job. Mm. And so the awareness of the fact that maybe my own thoughts were the primary issue more than the food, the overeating, the hiding, the shame, that was really the beginning of like, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's a little different here. So do you think that your weight gain, you, you said you were 150 pounds overweight initially. Was More, that... Yeah, I was over 350 pounds. So yeah, oh, I'm 5'5". Wow. Five, five, yeah. Yeah. So it's more than an eating an eating issue. It's a self-worth issue, it sounds like. of You know, you're telling yourself, oh, I'm overweight, I'm fat, I'm lazy, I'm this, I'm that. And like you said, if you're just repeating that mantra, so what mantra did you transform into? There have been a lot of them, and I'm sure there will continue to be different ones. But I had to start with something simple because I didn't believe in this rosy future. I didn't mm. see myself as healthy or happy or anything like that. But I would say I'm capable of one great choice. And oh, I have that's one more, great. Yeah, I always have one good choice in me. And I really love the mantra that excellence is the next five minutes. And so I would just, because I had a pattern of really letting my attention rest, either in the past or in the future. So in the past, the patterns that hadn't worked, the choices I was disappointed in, or the future, fears, hopelessness, worry, worry on every level, right? worry about doing the work, but also worry about not doing the work. And so I finally came to decide that the only place where I could affect change was right now. And I didn't need to worry about what I was going to do next weekend. I didn't need to worry about if I could keep it up six months from now. I just had to win the moment I was in. And I truly decided to build a pattern and a practice of telling myself I have one more great choice in me. I am always capable of one good choice. I love that because that's so doable. That's so easy. Yeah. That's not, you know, well, six months from now, I'm going to be in a bikini. You know, yeah. it's, it's not well, that. The problem it's more with than that, that is when, the, when you focus on like where you want to be in six months, it's easy to say, so I can have the cookie today because tomorrow I'm going to be right back at it. And it wasn't that that wasn't true. It was that it was a pattern, a pattern of not capitalizing on the moment I was in and deferring until tomorrow. So I had to really break that pattern and become myopic. What I did yesterday, what I did earlier today does not factor in to winning the moment I'm in now. What I'm going to do tomorrow or what I fear tomorrow will not factor in to the decision I'm making right now. We're speaking with the author of Chasing Cupcakes, Elizabeth Benton, on Self Talk Radio Show. And when we come back, I want to talk to you more about your $130,000 being in debt. How did you get yourself out of that? And also more about your pre-author self, talking a little bit more about that when we come back on Self Talk Radio Show. 
Think websites are old-fashioned, out of touch with your core audience? Think again. While your tribe may love you on Instagram, you may be missing out on a whole client base that searches for you on Bing or Google. Then what? WebHelp US built Self Talk Radio Show's website, and I love it. Podcast uploads, open graph tags, SEO stuff, they do it all for me. WebHelp US, they even think of things like backing up my website, checking for viruses and stuff I frankly don't have time for. WebHelp US, professional websites for big picture people. WebHelpUS.com. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My guest, Elizabeth Benton, she's the author of chasing cupcakes and you mentioned that you were in a hundred and thirty thousand dollars in debt i that's just wow um how how did you how did you get there and how long did it take you to get out of that it took about a year and a half really yes and here's the thing i was i was married at the time i'm no longer married but i decided probably to avoid the work I really needed to do with my health and food and weight loss. I shortly after we got married, I said, Hey, look, we're getting out of debt. And my former husband, God bless him. He was like, no, I want to enjoy my money. I work hard. I, I want to not feel like you're putting me on a budget. And, uh, I said, well, I am. And that's just the way it is. And you'll thank me later because what was happening, we were both doing okay at the time, career-wise, income-wise, but we had a lot of student loan debt and then some, some miscellaneous other debts. And it felt to me like our paychecks were spoken for before they hit our bank account. You know, yeah. like the money comes in, but it already has to go to the mortgage and it has to go to the car and it has to go to the credit card and it has to go to the student loans. And so I felt like I was behind all the time, even though we were able to pay our bills. That was all we were able to do. So I got real, real disciplined about it. Everything got shrunk down. If it wasn't an essential, it got cut out. We didn't travel. We didn't go on vacations. We didn't eat out. We sold things we weren't using. And it was 1000% focus. And it was one of the best things I ever did for myself. And subsequently, it really taught me the lessons I needed about weight loss. And what lessons? How, how are they parallel? Well, when I was getting out of debt, there wasn't one week that went according to plan. Ever. It just didn't happen. Because either yeah. a bill would come in that was more than we expected, or uh, something would come up and we hadn't realized that you know, we had to go to a baby shower or a wedding shower. And so we had to buy a gift or different things like that that weren't factored into the budget. Every single week didn't go according to plan. And never once did I say, well, screw it. We blew it. Let's try again later. It was just responding to the things that come up without drama, without frustration, without, oh my gosh, it's never going to happen because we got a flat tire and now we have to spend 400 bucks on tires. And that was one of the things that I realized I would never have gotten out of debt if I used every bump in the road as a reason to throw in the towel. But that was so much of how I was treating my journey with weight. And there, yeah. was, there were a lot of similar parallels like that. But I think just the discipline, the consistency, responding, doing whatever it takes, making the hard choices, knowing that. What is hard at first is not hard forever, 
but it's so worth it. It, it yeah. changed the game for me. Yeah, that is a game changer. So I'm I'm curious about the debt too. Did you have like a benchmark of we're going to put X number of dollars out of every paycheck this week toward the debt? Is that how you did it? It was everything that was left over after we paid our bills. Everything. Okay. So no movie nights. None. For, for a while. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, and we had, we established for ourselves what made sense in like a little bit of discretionary money every week, but that included putting gas in the car. Like I counted that as discretionary. So there was not wiggle room for, we want to go out to lunch today or, you know, let's go away for the weekend. Truly for better or for worse, it was, and every week, depending on what bills were due, there was a different amount of money going towards the debt, but it was everything that was essential got paid and every other dollar went to debt. Was there any, did you feel like you were making any headway at all? I mean, that just seems like a huge amount of debt to, to pay back in a year. Year and a half. A year and a half. You must have done tremendous amount of sacrifice in order to make that happen. What kept you motivated in that in that whole time? Did you know that it was going to take you every week? No, I had no idea. Yeah, you had no idea. You were just saying, you know, we're going to do this. Okay. I had a general sense based on what we made, but my former husband took on some contracting projects to bring in a few thousand extra dollars, but you do see the progress right away because I think our smallest debt and we tackled the smallest first, our smallest debt was only like $200 or $237. So that one went and then, and then you cross it off the spreadsheet and you see like, Hey, we're already one down. And Mm -hmm. every single week I was seeing progress. So there was absolutely no frustration But I think that goes back to the bigger lessons. If you psych yourself out with the future, you won't take action now. But if you have that practice of what am I able and willing to do today that's going to get me where I want to go, then you're not creating all of this emotion and drama with the future because you're not spending your energy there. You're spending your energy where your feet are now. Yeah, that that's great advice. You know, you mentioned this <laughs> one of the quotes that you you said you binge on you binged on junk food every time you gassed up your car. Boy, can I relate to that? It's so yeah. easy to you know to go into a store and not even think about I'm going to get a Reese's peanut butter cup and a Coke. You know, you you don't think about it. But it sounds like your approach is getting really focused on the goal, what you want, whether it's paying down debt, whether it's losing 150 pounds, and keeping that top of mind how did you keep that top of mind like if you go gas up your car it almost is like a an auto response of wanting to go and and get a snack inside did how did you change that for yourself well I don't think people have trouble keeping it top of mind when I was super heavy my weight was always top of mind the desire to lose weight was always top of mind so my strategy is really winning the moment you're in And not allowing yourself to get distracted by the past or the future, not negotiating. Like I would be, I would have a pattern of writing checks today for my future to cash. Like I'm going to do this today because I'm going to be so good tomorrow. And so the strategy that was so helpful to me and one of many tools I use with my clients is leave yesterday and tomorrow out of it just for today, what is the improvement you are able and willing to make? So going into the gas station, I'm not going to talk myself into this story of like, it's almost automatic. I don't even really think about it because it's permissive. 
What that does is takes a past pattern, clings to it, projects it onto the present and the future. And when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. So never am I going to say, it's almost like it's automatic. Because if you said to me, if you walk into that gas station and you walk out with food without food, I'll give you a million dollars. I'm pretty sure I could do it with ease. Nothing changed about my capacity. The only thing that changed is my perspective. You know, and I, I like what you just said, permissive versus prohibitive. Yeah. It, it, you know, that's a huge mind shift because my mind clicked on that. You yeah. know, is it, when we're talking about our weight and being overweight, it, it's prohibitive. You know, oh, my gosh. I, you know, that's 150 pounds. Oh, my gosh. 130,000 in debt. That is prohibitive thinking. But if it's permissive, I'm allowing myself to take care of myself in, in this moment. I, yeah, and the future has nothing that. to do with it. Like we don't, we don't have to be the version of ourselves today who can and will lose 150 pounds. We're the version of ourselves who can win the moment we're in. That's it. And what we overlook when we panic about the future is who we become in the process of winning our moments. One of the things that I was curious about when you're sitting in, and writing it, was there a chapter that really hung you up? Like a chapter that was just really hard for you to push through? I think the chapter about differentiating between the external goal and the internal target was maybe difficult because I've lived it so I can understand it without having to verbalize it and express it to somebody for whom it's brand new. Um, so I had to keep going back to that and having other people read it, having clients read it to make sure that it really described the fact that we can be very fixated on external goals when in reality the reason we struggle to hit them is because we haven't gotten clear on the internal target and when we get clear on the internal target oftentimes the external goal will take care of itself do you often find with your clients that the goal of i want to lose weight isn't necessarily the goal 100 percent of the time really mm-hmm. well what? here's the deal do we want to lose weight yes is that really the goal No, it's not. It is because if we want to say lose whatever number it is, 20 pounds, 100 pounds, doesn't really matter. The why, what I feel I will have more of or less of, be more of or less of, experience then that I don't experience now, that is the goal. Mm, I love that. I love that. We're speaking with Elizabeth Benton. She's the author of Chasing Cupcakes, and she's the founder of Primal Potential. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about her work with Primal Potential, how you can work with Elizabeth. And also, if uh, Elizabeth still gets stuck sometimes, how does she work her way out of it? When we come back on Self Talk Radio Show. Need to stop bad habits, start positive change, and sleep like a baby? Check out meditations free at sleepmeditation.org. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. My guest, Elizabeth Benson, the author of Chasing Cupcakes. I want to talk to you about primal potential. Tell me about that coaching program that you have. First and foremost, primal potential is a podcast. I always, when people ask me what I do, I always say I'm a podcaster. Like, because that's what I love and that's what I have fun doing. And it's the way that I can serve the most people for free. That is my heart and soul. But Primal Potential does also include um, the 12 Weeks to Transformation coaching program, which fundamentally is a guided transformation process 
that is about building a foundation of change specific to you, specific to your goals, of course, but more importantly, specific to the way you think and what needs to change about that. It is the essence of change happening from the inside out and not from the outside in. Mm. Is there an episode with primal potential that stands out for you in your mind? I think I would answer that question differently every single day, um, <laughs> depending on like my mood and, and what's really important to me. You know, sometimes I like to geek out on the science stuff, uh, but I also really love to get deep into mindset as well. Um, I recently did a four part change maker series. If you want to make change in your life, what are the four pillars of that? that people aren't talking about because instead they want to sell you something. Mm. Uh, and that change maker series just really speaks to my, my passion. And what are the four pillars? The first is awareness. So many times when we have that sense in what you were describing in terms of the gas station and like, it's almost automatic. It's not that it's almost automatic. It's that we lack awareness that we either because we are multitasking or because we are thinking about other things or because we're avoiding, we do not have awareness of our thoughts or of our choices as we make them. So building awareness is always the first pillar I tackle with my clients. The second is alignment, making sure that there is alignment between what you want and the way you think. Because the reason many people struggle is because there's total discord between what I want and what I think. I want to lose weight, I'm fat and disgusting. Mm -hmm. I want to get out of debt, I'm broke. And so creating that alignment is the third pillar, or the second pillar. The third pillar is advancement. What will I do to move in the direction of my goals today, in this moment, in the next five minutes? And then the fourth one is adjustment. Paying attention to what's working and what's not working and responding accordingly. Those are excellent. Those are great pillars to, to look for. Now, how does someone find uh, Primal Potential? Is it is it on iTunes and website? Oh, yeah. We are on iTunes. We have over 600 episodes. We've got over 1,500 five-star reviews. It's also on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, or just PrimalPotential.com. It's also there. Mm, that is fantastic. Do you still get stuck sometimes? Every day. But here's what I think... <laughs> Here's what I remind myself about stuck. To me, saying I am stuck is the equivalent of pulling my car off the side of the road, putting it in park, taking the keys out of the ignition and being like, damn it, I'm stuck. No, I'm not. I stopped. And that's not the same thing. We are always one great choice away from progress, a perspective shift away from progress. So while I have moments of struggle every day, I know that stuck is just a perspective. And I am one choice or one different perspective away from progress in every moment. I love that. The book is Chasing Cupcakes. My guest is Elizabeth Benson. You can find out more about her on her website, Primal Potential. Is it primalpotential.com? Yep. Okay, fantastic. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I'm Sarah Spencer for Self Talk Radio Show.
If you're a fan of Self Talk Radio Show, head out to our Facebook page, take a picture of yourself listening to the show, and you can win yourself a $25 gift card courtesy of Pure Energy Apothecary or one of our guests or sponsors. Thank you so much for listening to Self Talk Radio Show, Mind Changing Radio, where you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course at selftalkradioshow.com.